he should be up there picking out sweaters for Bob Costas. He doesn't, yes. he doesn't have time for this. So, now Bob, and Bob, turn around. Let me see the one with the reindeer. All right, turn there. All right, now try the plaid one, Bob. All right, let's see what that looks like on camera. What about a scarf to go with that, Bob? Kind of a thing like that when you're out there with the bobsled boys, a thing like that? Why don't you look into that? Get yourself a scarf. Gloves. Get him some gloves. The Rustling Life. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Life with episode 292, second of February 2022 to 2022. I'm Ethan. <laughs> and I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many, many things we can't talk about right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. We got some WWE to talk about, as always. We have some AEW to talk about. Pretty significant week for AEW. Let's just start with WWE. And boy, when it comes to churning out content, they just churn out content. <laughs> Monday Night Raw is the longest three hours in television every week. And uh, this week was no exception. What do you think of uh, the build? I was actually, I'm so discombobulated that, that I thought that this was the go-home show for Elimination Chamber, and I'm like, mm -hmm. man, that really stunk. <laughs> and it's just like, no, it's just another week on down the path in the uh, build to the Elimination Chamber, so maybe it was a little bit better in that regard, but yeah, what do you think? A, yeah, I think it's one of those uh, one of those Raws that you're like, well, it's not. It's not terrible. It's it's one of those things that WWE does a lot of, which is it's not a terrible show. It's just not particularly interesting, and it's really long. Um, it uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I thought, I didn't think any of the specific build for anything was bad per se. But when the show was over, I wasn't like, all right, I'm really really Jones in to see this elimination chamber match or. I mean, I, I like the the Lita Becky segment. I thought that was that was fine. Um, yeah, that might be the that might be the standout. Um, I have some negative thoughts, but uh, any any strong positives <laughs> stand out to you before we get to the the best? No, stuff? no, no. <laughs> Lita and Becky was real good. I'm I really want to see that match. Lita hit a moonsault, didn't almost hurt herself or Becky doing it. Like the last time I saw her do a moonsault in WWE ring, so good for her. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that's about uh that's about the only good thing I could say about it. <laughs> All right. So my my first negative would be uh they <laughs> they roasted poor Liv Morgan when she was coming to the ring. They oh. have like they have the facts that they put up on the screen. And yes. it's usually like, you know, you know, Kevin Owens come out and it's like he's been the intercontinental champion and the US champion, and he's from Canada or whatever. It's just like three. It's usually like two to three things. It'll be like won this match at WrestleMania last year or something. All right. Great. Right. So right. lives were like her Twitter name. <laughs> yes. 
uh, that she grew up being a fan. She's a yes. mark. Yes. And and that she bought her mom a house recently. Yes. <laughs> Those are Liv Morgan's career. Now, I will say buying your mom a house is no small feat. And that probably is like a legitimate life highlight for her. But it was weird to see that be one of the three things highlighted on a uh, on a professional wrestling show, I have to say. And then they beat her. And then, <laughs> and then they beat her. Yeah. And in she cuts a promo every week too, talk reminding us that she lost to Becky Lynch a bunch. Mm-hmm. You yeah. that? Yeah, they they like to hit that refrain. I'm sure the idea is well, eventually we'll go back to that match at some point. But also, <laughs> who's going to care? Because you can't. It's not like she's been on a win streak since then, and she's vowing to get back into the title picture or whatever. She's she's losing. Yeah, uh, she just gets pinned every week. Yeah, so. It's yes, and then she reminds us about other times that she's been, she's been <laughs> defeated uh, before yes. she's defeated uh, anew. So yeah, uh, my my general thought was I feel like they realized. Let's assume they're doing Bianca and uh, Becky at Mania. Yeah, uh, that they did that. Uh, uh, Bianca giving Dewdrop the KOD too early. Yeah, so I think Dewdrop's going to get some wins here, and then on a raw with it a month before mania bianca's gonna do that again so you're saying this is the women's division equivalent of vince's baby face slaying a giant on the yeah. way to yeah that's on the just way to wrestlemania that was my feeling watching that i was like well Drew drop already had her title match and lost so why is she winning well maybe they'll feed her to bianca again on the way and it's like when they had started to beat Mark Henry like a drum. And then like three weeks before Cena was wrestling the rock, they're like, oh, we need Mark Henry to be strong. So Cena can beat him. So Mark Henry just beat people for like two straight weeks and then lost to Cena. Yeah. yeah they'll do stuff like that sometimes. But like, oh yeah, that would be good if we did that. So they don't yeah. think about it beforehand, but you know, they'll, they'll, they'll catch up. Yeah. Um, Bill Goldberg's back on the SmackDown side. Going to get uh, Goldberg and Roman finally. Yeah. I mean, look, I will say that that last Goldberg match was the the big bo- the bodacious Bob Lashley match. I think at the last Saudi show um, was as good of an effort as I think those two guys could have had. Um, and it was a lot of smoke and mirrors and weapons and like brawling on the stage and doing a big stunt to end it. So I'd be curious to see if they try to have, I mean, it'll, I guess it'll just be the Paul Heyman special, right? It's just going to be spear, 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 well, jackhammer, kick out. Could be a lot of talking and squeezing also. Now there is always that option. Well, <laughs> Goldberg known for his great selling ability. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super jazzed about this. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to see big bill back. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it feels like, especially because it's always a little bit of a lame duck thing, even if it wasn't a Saudi show. It's also the show before WrestleMania and they're already shooting angles for WrestleMania. Yeah. So anybody that's wrestling the champions before Mania kind of just feels like, okay, this is, this is okay. This is fine. But it doesn't really excite me in that way. Like they're not even really trying. Like Naomi has a title match against Charlotte on this week's SmackDown. 
and yet they've already announced Charlotte versus Ronda for the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> why? Why did this have to be done this week? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel I don't know what the rush was. Like, I feel like you you could just have Ronda say she's going to challenge the winner or say if Charlotte's still the champion come WrestleMania season, I'm going to come fight her or whatever. Like, you don't have to. Or do the Naomi and Charlotte match last week. You also <laughs> could have done that. It's not like there was so much content on that show that they couldn't have fit in a eight minute match between those two. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're not giving them eight minutes. They wrestle like <laughs> they're getting like a minute 30. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, yeah. Probably. But uh, yeah. So uh, Rhonda and Charlotte is official. Um, Lita gave an interview where she roasted Charlotte for selling or <laughs> lack of ability to sell and uh, gave an answer for why she decided to work uh, the Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about this a little bit last week um, and I thought it was worth bringing up because I said, I would like to hear someone ask her uh, her feelings on this and, and what, uh, what she thinks about going now. And her answer was that when she said what she said, but she was critical originally that it was uh, before they were allowing women to wrestle on the show and that she's heard a lot of positive experiences from uh, women who have wrestled there since. Um, and so she feels like it's okay to go now. Um, maybe that's true. Uh, I think it's cause she got a big bag of money personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe we touched on this last week. I'll say it again. I would like to think that I would like to ethically and morally always do the right thing in every situation. But if someone puts six figures in front of me, I would like to think I would still morally and ethically do the right thing. But also if someone puts six figures in front of me. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I just I thought it was worth uh, following up with our uh, because I did I wasn't sure she would address this at all. So um, if nothing else, she did give an answer, even if I don't necessarily fully believe <laughs> that it's uh, that it's the one hundred percent truth. But again, I did uh, that was sort of offset by how funny it was when they asked her about the Charlotte twist of fate. She said, "Wow, she sure is tall, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> Just as yep. deadpan as possible. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that Charlotte was wearing like the worst possible footwear to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be out there taking bumps. But, and, you know, there you go. Ronda Rousey's a baby face again, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they had to give her a talking to. Like, you can't heal on the fans. You have to be the baby face in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny for a number of reasons well we so we talked about this like the week i guess the week before the rumble last time that she was a baby face and the fans didn't want to cheer her anymore uh she got big mad yes um so one would question why uh you would set yourself up for a similar scenario where not only do you make the fans unhappy but also <laughs> you you uh, potentially are also making the talent that you're paying a bunch of money to unhappy um, and possibly 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a scenario with Charlotte as a baby face. That's any better. You'd probably have to book a different match. Um, but in, in, so I don't know, maybe in this scenario, they just think that Charlotte will be so hated that Ronda will get here. And Ronda did get a really big pop at the rumble, but it was also, you know, a surprise in her first appearance in two years that she hadn't talked yet. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like, uh, it could be a bumpy ride here, uh, coming up on this, uh, this road to WrestleMania, but yeah, I guess we'll. I just feel like we're setting ourselves up for uh, for history to repeat itself. Only we also don't have another like mega hot baby face to pair her with if she does decide, if she does get big mad again and begrudgingly turn heel. Yeah, there is that. She was much better talking on SmackDown than she was on Raw last week. So she has that going for her, which is nice. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. All righty, uh, AEW had a big show this week. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to ask you, as someone who doesn't watch NXT, yeah, what's what's Dolph Ziggler doing on that show? Couldn't tell you. Could not tell you. <laughs> I watched the TV. I watched the digital segments that he and uh, Bob Roode had been doing on uh, on the, <laughs> they refused to put on television where like L.A. Knight was at Raw to do a dark match one week and L.A. Knight had a confrontation with Ziggler and Roode backstage on digital um, that uh, somehow led to Ziggler saying, OK, I'm going to come to uh, I'm going to come to NXT. I don't work Tuesdays or whatever, but I'm going to come to NXT. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up in NXT and he doesn't have a confrontation with L.A. Knight. He has a confrontation with Braun Breaker. And then, uh, so the match for this coming week's NXT is um, uh, Santos Escobar challenging Braun Breaker for the NXT championship. And they were doing it like a contract signing or whatever for that match. And Ziggler comes out and crashes it. And then Champa comes out and crashes it. And you're like, oh, I guess it's going to be a four-way now next week for the title. And uh, no, they just, uh, they just, Dolph Ziggler talked a bunch and said said that he loses 99 out of 100 matches. <laughs> he said 99 out of 100 matches don't go the way I want them to go. Mm. <laughs> Which really makes you want to see him wrestle. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like the Sid. I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> so bad at every aspect of wrestling. Um <laughs> Yeah, so then you think, oh, this is, this is either going to lead to like a tag tonight bet- with Champa and Breaker because they've teamed once or twice on NXT mm-hmm. against Ziggler and uh, Santos Escobar, or this is going to lead to a four-way. And uh, it's so far, it's led to neither. The match for Tuesday <laughs> is still Santos Escobar challenging Braun Breaker for the NXT title. Champa doesn't have a match. Ziggler doesn't have a match. I guess, and again, this is an outsider's perspective, but I have a couple of thoughts. Sure. Uh, one would be, yeah, that's that's pretty weird uh, <laughs> that the, that you would you would do that that you would bring Dolph Ziggler in at all, uh, much less you know have him insert himself into a, a world title. But also, like, if you bring a guy like Ziggler, who is for all his many many faults as a person as and a wrestler. <laughs> uh, knows how to have a wwe televised match you know oh yeah yeah he can do that in his sleep and i think he has for the last about five years or so yeah um you'd think you'd want him to work with forehead guy 
or poker guy or one of those guys who maybe still needs some help uh, developing and not like Bron Breaker seems pretty far along or Champa or like pairing or even L.A. Knight. Like however good or bad L.A. Knight is in the ring, I don't think that's changing a lot from a match with Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah. They've probably been wrestling the same amount of time anyway. Yeah, I was um, going to say L.A. Knight's 47 years old. <laughs> Ron Breaker has only had like 14 matches in his career, though. Like, that's fair. He, he's extremely inexperienced. He's extremely good because he was a professional athlete briefly. And his and his dad is a pro wrestler mm-hmm. and a tremendous athlete. But I think their mindset is, well, we don't have we fired all the veterans in NXT <laughs> Now we're going to bring in people from the main roster to teach these youngsters how to work. And the problem with that is like, is Braun Breaker going to learn a lot wrestling Dolph Ziggler one time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like you in a world where house shows still existed. Maybe you do Ziggler versus Braun Breaker in the opener every night for six months or something before you call him up. Right. That's right. You, that that would make sense but yeah doing one televised match with Ziggler or some sort of multi-man thing is probably not gonna do a ton for uh for bronze uh momentum or his uh polish in there so just I'm just kind of fascinated by that as someone who uh refuses to, <laughs> to partake in NXT uh I'm fascinated uh, I don't uh, I, I I always hear that's fine but I uh I don't watch it, but I saw uh, Dolph Ziggler with like his unwet hair, which always looked weird to me. His Fabio hair uh, walk out on NXT this week. And I was like, well, there's got to be a story here. Yeah, not really, as it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) At least not one that makes sense. So there's that. Speaking of not making sense, AEW. Uh, they have a, a pay-per-view coming up in the first week of March, and I guess they finally decided, hey, maybe we should start building to it this week. And to their credit, they have been clearly positioning Adam Cole like main events every AEW show. They have 875 people on the roster, but it's always Adam Cole main eventing the show. And uh, he is going to challenge Hangman Page for the title at Revolution, which is totally fine. AEW a big dynamite this week where Keith Lee debuted. They brought in Jay White to shoot something backstage, which may or may not lead to anything. And Tony Khan pretty much admitted that he only brought in Jay White because he realized that he screwed up and something in his own definition of the forbidden door. He was extremely online during rampage and after rampage last week, when he promised a huge surprise or a huge announcement or a huge scoop or something on rampage. And then the huge scoop was tune into dynamite on Wednesday for the huge scoop. Just a real Dixie Carter move there. Oh, vintage, vintage impact wrestling. But um, Hey, Keith Lee debuted, looked really good. Jay White was there. CM Punk and John Moxley wrestled FTR and had an absolute banger. Hangman Page and Lance Archer had one of the more insane matches you'll ever see on television. A lot of, lot of good on AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, regardless of what you like, there was something on that show for you to like, I think. What did you think? 
Yeah, it was interesting because I thought the way the show was laid out this week was interesting because I don't think they normally do the thing where they start the show with the promo and the promo builds out of the match and then the match is the same night. Right. Usually that's like they go painstakingly slow and they don't usually, I mean, they do have sometimes a guy will come back, will be in the opening segment and then come back out for a main event or there'll be a backstage pre-tape with them before their, their match or whatever. But um, so I thought that's, that's kind of refreshing. They don't do that all the time. WWE does that every, like every week. So it's, it's old hat for them, but for AEW, I thought that was maybe kind of a little refreshing and, and gave some life to it. And, uh, yeah, uh, congrats to CM Punk and John Moxley for being the second team in AEW history to have a good match with uh, with FTR. Um, <laughs> Feather, oh no, third because Sting and Darby. Yeah, okay, so that's the yeah. trio: the Young Bucks, Sting and Darby, and uh, and CM Punk and John Moxley. The big, the big three, or the big six here, I guess. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. The main event, as you mentioned, was a, a wild brawl. Uh, the 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 bump hangman took out like from off the apron onto the ring steps is one of the most insane things i've ever seen i think was it out of the ring to the ring steps? oh correct yes you're right it was because it was uh, a blackout right okay the the crucifix slam or the yeah the yeah the the razor's edge off the Mm -hmm. uh just insane one of the weirdest dumbest craziest things i've ever seen like and like, I'm always like with Hangman. I'm like, man, you have like a real young kid now. <laughs> you don't, you don't gotta do this once a month. <laughs> you don't gotta bleed like this every month. But uh, yeah, they they had a war, and they. I don't think anyone believed for a second that uh, Archer was gonna win the belt. So I think that did hurt the crowd's reaction a little bit. But they kind of obviously by the end with the big crazy stuff they. They got him going crazy. Maybe the biggest pop of the night was when Jake Roberts hit the short arm clothesline and then signaled that he was going to give Hangman a DDT. Yes. Um, which uh, the, which Lance Archer cut off. And I feel like they they messed up the timing of that a little bit because the, the whole deal is he's Jake signaling for the DDT. Lance Archer tells him, you know, back off. This is my moment or whatever. And then Hangman grabs him and hits, the, hits, uh, hits uh, Archer with the DDT. And I feel like on a different show, maybe that gets a bigger reaction, but it just seemed, I don't know if they were short on time or something, but they felt a little rushed, but I, I did enjoy that, that little interaction. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's been clear for a while, but it's now, I guess, official Adam Cole and hangman. They're going to have a really good match. Jay white stuff. Uh, it, it doesn't really fit with, I feel like the rest of the, who, who is friends with who elite stuff, because Adam no. Cole and Jay White weren't in the Bullet Club at the same time, so uh, they don't they don't know each other. And obviously, at, and Adam Cole and Jay White wasn't in the Undisputed Era in NXT either, so I don't feel like it fits uh, quite as well. Other than that, uh, Jay White and Kenny Omega feuded once upon a time for a minute, and you could say, "Oh, this is uh, this is like another dig where." It's I if you go eventually it's going to be Adam Cole and O'Reilly and Fish and a fourth person possibly Jay White coming in uh, against the reunited uh, elite minus Cody of course um, <laughs> of Hangman the Bucks and Kenny and maybe you maybe you build up to like a second War Games match or something that would be 
like there's something there, I guess, but Jay White didn't really feel, doesn't really feel like he fits in that role. I su- like, just wait a few weeks. Roddy's probably going to get fired and then you can just put him in there and then that'll make more sense. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, I mean, Jay White's awesome. I'm, uh, you know, but boy, there's, there's a, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, and I don't know that Jay White fits clearly in anything they've got other than, as you mentioned, because uh, Tony Khan botched his own definition of uh, of what the forbidden door is supposed to mean, I guess. You did not touch on Keith Lee. What That's did right. you think? Uh, yeah, it was a really fun debut. Got a huge reaction. Came off like a giant star. Um, I know his weight has and continues to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a topic at hand. Uh, I like I tried to look at like side by sides of him last night and him in like 2018 i don't think there's like a demonstrative difference now he is four years older than he was then and i think the argument can be as you get older you need to drop the weight to be able to still maintain the athletic style that he uses but also like crowd reacted like crazy for all the big power stuff he could that he did with uh, with the small guys with uh isaiah cassidy is like what a great guy to have in there to just like take the craziest, wildest, biggest falls and bumps you could imagine for this big guy. Like just made him look like a million bucks. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, you could just physically hear uh, JR's erection happening when, when he saw Keith Lee for the first time. Well, I did not mention that on the air, but now I have. So <laughs> there we go. It doesn't matter. I don't need to bury JR. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Big fan of the big guys. JR definitely has the Vince thing for uh large men. He wants his he wants big meaty men slapping meat <laughs> on his TV show. Uh drastically shifting gears. AQA debuted on the show. She got she only had like six matches in NXT, but they were all on television, and one of them was a win over Tony Storm, <laughs> which is pretty bizarre. But she debuted on the show last night, and she and Jake Cargill, boy, did they get lost. But AQA has a really great shooting star press. I'll give her that. But um, other than that, I uh, did not think that uh, there was anything in that match that was like, uh, we need to bring you back. Yeah, and I don't, I don't feel like it was uh, a great a great opportunity for her to showcase. She did get, as you said, maybe the best thing she does is the shooting star. And she did get to do that. So there is that for, for the gifts, for the highlight reels and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it wasn't like, you know, if you're going in there with Jade Cargill, you're, I think going to be asked to do a pretty limited match. And as you mentioned, despite it being, you know, they weren't, they weren't out there trying to do, you know, WrestleMania and year falls or anything. And they still, right. and it was still kind of, still kind of clunky. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I was, it was interesting because they did like make a little bit of a production of having her on the show and announcing her as like one of the hottest free agents in, in all of women's wrestling or something like that. And, uh, so they did like, usually if they put that sort of juice behind someone that is unsigned, they're, going to be signed um soon but yeah i don't i don't, I don't know I, there was nothing there um that really made me go oh yeah you that's that's a must that's a must like if it happens great good for her 
but there's there wasn't there wasn't a lot there there was like yep this is this is this has got to happen right okay anything else you want to talk about i guess like you said we got like three weeks till this show now still don't know who brit's wrestling uh still don't know who the tag champs who i believe are uh jungle boy jungle jack and uh and the dinosaur don't know who they're wrestling they're they're doing them versus the gun club on tv so that's not the pay-per-view match um i guess probably a malachi black match of some kind and then don't know who the bucks are wrestling (laughs) at this show like there's a lot like you're right that there's like some stuff is is taking shape oh they have this ladder match which keith lee uh is in um so there's that's a multi-man match that's a way to get some some bodies on the show but like it's like wow there's a there's a lot of like their top stars who just kind of don't have much going on right now i think sammy and uh they tease sammy and darby for the tnt title again mm. yes they have a, that was teased uh, i guess some kind of probably some kind of inner circle thing whatever oh. spins out of their <laughs> uh the santana and ortiz versus jericho and hager uh match next week so maybe we'll get some clarification for them there uh oh mjf and <sighs> mjf and punk again yeah um but yeah there's still i feel like a few few top guys we don't know if cody's if well, whatever we're doing with cody if he's going to be back on the show uh in time or yeah uh, i don't know so we'll uh we'll see it just it just feels like again i guess this happens every pay-per-view cycle for them but um, I feel like we at least have an idea, but it doesn't really feel like the, the people being built up, say, in the women's division on AEW television this week, where Serena Deeb and Jade Cargill, who are both heels, so I don't think either of them are wrestling Dr. Britt Baker. Um, and I don't, uh, I mean, they're, they're still kind of playing up Thunder Rosa and Mercedes because they did not do a clean finish in that match on Rampage. So you'd think that Rosa has to beat mercedes to get to to brit probably at the august or at the maybe at maybe a double or nothing or or maybe but their their rankings right now are like layla hirsch is number one thunder rose is number two um so layla hirsch is also a heel by the way she just turned heel Mm -hmm. (laughs) the most pushed women are layla hirsch and Serena Deeb, both heels right now. And it doesn't feel like Serena Deeb's story is going to be for a title. So I guess Layla Hirsch sounds rough. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I, I mean, they, I guess they've done heel versus heel because they did Brit versus Nyla. So sure. And Brit's kind of a baby face anyway. So <laughs> yes, that is true. I guess maybe that match wouldn't be that weird from a crowd reaction standpoint, but it is just weird because it doesn't feel like we're we're ready to pull the trigger on the, the Rosa Brit match. And yet we're not really building up any other baby faces. So uh, interesting, interesting strategy gun. See how it goes. All right. Till next time, everybody. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features.
fudge. <laughs> you see um, BTE this week. Uh, I made a point to go find the scene where, <laughs> where Silver and Reynolds and Adam Cole were in bed together and then they pan out and Britt is in the bed next to them. Yes. The best. Awesome. <laughs> Absolute best. Give me 10,000 hours of that and, yep. and much less uh, emo uh, bucks in their feelings or any, any, I don't want any serious storylines. Just want. No. Thousand percent. Hey, Budge, email me my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll email you your pants. <laughs> Tremendous. It's out of the bed. He's not wearing pants. <laughs> Britt Baker. Uh, uh, rushes him out of the room. He's like, "Email me my pants." Just a perfect line. Uh, I saw I saw Jack Gas on on Tuesday evening. How how was it? It's I mean it's it's what you I think would want from the brand. Um, no, it was enjoyable. It was like I don't think I'd ever sat and watched ninety minutes straight of Jackass before. But there's something that's just like it's in the reptilian brain of I feel like every person alive. It's really funny to watch a dude get hit in the balls. It just is. Yes. Um, and, you know, the personalities around on that show are funny and, you know, and they're harassing each other while one is doing the stunt and the other ones are making fun of them. It's funny. It's funny. and yeah. It's a good time. I didn't didn't really try to analyze it too, uh, too heavily beyond just like, yeah. <laughs> pretty funny maybe uh maybe wouldn't sit down and watch 90 minutes straight of it might be better for like a you know a 10 minute youtube like highlight reel or something of this but it's always going to be a part of a part of i think every 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 living being that can can watch that and go yeah it's a good time that's pretty funny (laughs) it's a good time Yeah. It's a good piece of business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was, I was, I was saw like part of an interview. I think it was Stern or somebody in Knoxville's talking about like all the concussions and stuff he's had. Ugh, I wonder, yeah. if, I wonder if that's why he did like nothing in the rumble. If they were like, if he like didn't really pass their physical, I don't know if yeah. they put celebrities through the physical or not, but I, I tend to doubt that they did, but, mm-hmm. um, Let's look up how old he is. That's I just took uh, he's 50. Mm-hmm. Like I took it as just like he's old. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that, well, they, they even do like because they do a this is not the first time, but they have he gets hit by a bull in the movie <laughs> and uh, it's just like head on. Like it's tremendous. Like does a the old ass over tea kettle flip like back over it, and he's knocked out by it and they load <sighs> him out on a stretcher. And then they do a side by side of him getting hit by a bull in like the third movie 10 years ago. <laughs> and he gets hit and he like jumps up limping. And you're like, oh, this is the progression. Like it used to be like, oh, you get hit by a bull and you laugh it off. Then you get 10, then a few years go by, you're limping pretty bad there. And now you're unconscious. When it happens. <laughs> and, and then he was in the hospital and had like broken ribs and a fractured wrist and stuff. It's like, yeah, this is he, his bump cards about up. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, he's yeah. A, you know he's a, a stunt stunt deathmatch wrestler, and his uh, his bump card's about to run out. Yeah, that tracks. All right, well, here we go. Did we figure out how old he was? He's fifty. Okay, fifty. All right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I said I said it when I was looking up how old he was, but okay. (laughs) I was I was too busy waxing poetic about (laughs) about the joy of uh, watching grown men hurt themselves. Yeah, (laughs) really dumb stuff. I try to keep on keeping on.